From the Ohio News Network, this is Ohio Sports Magazine. Now here's your host, Matt Andrews. Greetings and welcome to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine here on the Ohio News Network. Neil Sika, former voice, face of the crew, and now doing MLS games for Apple TV. Also part of the Ohio State Sports Network here on the radio side. Joining us on this week's show, let's talk a little bit of Columbus Crew Soccer. Playoffs going on, Neil. Playoffs? Yeah, they're in a best of three round one right now. That's a change, right, from yeah. the old playoffs? Yeah, thanks for having me. It's I'm, I'm having a hard time keeping track of it, just like much of the soccer lexicon who watches this league because they seem to change up their playoff format every two or three years. I'm not a big fan of it. I think it takes the drama out. and um, Yeah, it's simply winning two out of three, and there's no total goals. I think there was suspense when there was a multi-game series where you had total goals or away goals that came into play, but um, they're in a best of three. They're tied 1-1, and... On they move to a third game. Sunday night, Neil, when the crew in Atlanta meet. Now, get this straight for the folks listening and for those of us that try to follow along, but mm-hmm. there will be a winner, right? They'll go to kicks if the game is tied after regulation. Is that fair? Correct. They had this format during the League's Cup in the summer. It's just to shorten the the aesthetics, I guess, of where they want to go with the game itself because they have single elimination games that play extra time from here on out, and that's the goofy part where the game flow or format isn't even the same from the first round to the second round. But yes, Atlanta theoretically could tie that game or Columbus tie that game, which it would be through regulation, and then the winner advances on penalties if that goes to that. Neil Seek is our guest, former voice, face of the crew, longtime crew broadcaster, and now with TV stuff changing, you've gone over and done some games on MLS with their Apple package so what's that been like for you, and have you called any crew games this year, or maybe that's down the road? Uh, it was, it's was. it been great yeah. once it started up. I did a crew game at Montreal, Wilfred Nancy, the head coach, returning to where he got his coaching career and his roots, really, uh, over the last 17 years of his life. But I think that was a cool aspect to the game, and the crew won 4-2, to two and Obviously, you stay down the middle, and I, I tended to do that, or at least I thought so with our work in, in the regional mode. We had a lot of good shows uh, over the course of four years on, on Bally Sports Ohio and Bally Sports Great Lakes and uh, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel before that, Spectrum Sports. So it's been nice to see that graduation into it, but I know fans crave their regional television announcers, and I think there's still a way that... Um, that could be incorporated down the road. It's a 10-year deal. I like the national aspect. I've, I've liked traveling to different places to see different teams and You've different been to Hollywood matchups. Yet? I have not been there. No, I've been to Minnesota three times, though. So I think uh, a timeshare in St. Paul is is beckoning. What about this TV pack? Like, for instance, earlier this week, I tried to catch the crew game at a local establishment. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get it. So we're following up. Like, why wouldn't you expand the sport with the playoffs being visible on a more national basis? Well, they do have a linear deal with Fox. However, it's not to the point where Fox is sending their own people. The people who have called games on Fox and Fox Sports 1 all season long are affiliated with the Apple package, and it's done out of a studio in Florida. And I think most of the playoff games have been on, but not all of them. 
And that's a difference from years past where you could go nationally. And from the sake of watching just during the regular season, you have to have a bar or an establishment that has Apple TV and the package. And much like we're getting into this phase of the direct-to-consumer streaming, whether it be Amazon um, or what have you with Peacock packages that have to be subscribed to, and usually (laughs) they're set up in one television in the vestibule, and you don't have that ability to multifunction. So, but we're all kind of headed there in that model with MLB, NBA, NHL. A lot of deals are up, and the way that the models go, and it's going to be really interesting to see how it goes. Want to ask you quickly about FC Cincinnati from afar? Uh, being, mm-hmm. a, it appears they've had a pretty good year. Fantastic year. Supporters Shield. This was a team that was chasing its own tail with the amount of coaches that they had within the first five, six years. They've been in MLS, but Pat Noon and Chris Albright, the general manager, really settled things down. They got basically the MVP, I would think, in Lucho Acosta. They don't lose at home. Uh, they're a cup favorite just because of that, and they're going to be the, they're the number one seed. And um, obviously, anything can happen in a winner take all, but they're in a pretty good position, and uh, it's un- it's light years from what they were the previous three years when they finished in last place prior to last season. Neil, we'll leave you with this final topic. Your work with the Ohio State women's basketball team and on the <laughs> Ohio State Network started this past week with their Hall of Fame, was it tip-off or a classic? Hall of Fame what they series, call it? The yes. series, yeah, series that where you play one game and you're done, in Ohio State's <laughs> yeah. case. Yeah. But that was in Vegas. The Buckeyes did lose at number 21 USC by nine points. Just your initial thoughts on Coach McGuff's opening game with this team? Well... You know this very well. They were um, resilient last year in a lot of situations where they fell behind in some games if they weren't shooting well, and then the press can get them back in in a heartbeat, and they were able to do that against USC. But what a talent they have in Juju Watkins, this player. We've seen Kelsey Mitchell. We've seen Kelsey Plum in the past. She's the next, I think, big thing in women's college basketball. Caitlin Clark, Clark now, but she can get anywhere she wants on the floor. She completely dictated that game. Ohio State had a fabulous comeback, fell a little short. You just don't know what's going to happen, Matt, in the early season. I think you're well aware of that by doing so many games like you have in the past. LSU lost later in the night. They're the number one team coming into the season. Colorado beat them. So long way to go. I think Ohio State, if they find some shooting, they'll be just fine. They've got a lot of veterans and uh, Cody McMahon, J.C. Sheldon should carry this team for much of the year. That's Neil Seeker joining us to start this week's show. What we'll a more of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Morning Juice. Mark Davis fired his head coach and general manager and has to pay him $80 million. Dude's not scared because he's never fired his barber after getting that haircut. <laughs> Morning Juice. Sponsored by Affinity Whole Health. Weekday mornings at 6. The Fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to this week's Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Now let's go to our colleague, Kate Burdett. I'm Kate Burdett, and if you live in Ohio, specifically in Columbus, you are probably keenly aware that very, very soon, one of the largest rivalries in college football is going to take place. I am, of course, referring to Ohio State versus Michigan. If you didn't know, Saturday, the 25th of November, right after Thanksgiving. And right before that big game, something 
equally as large is happening on campus. I'm joined today by Riley Logan. She is an Ohio State University student and the president of the OSU Special Olympics Club. They are putting on a very special event to raise money for the athletes of Special Olympics in Ohio. Welcome, Riley, to Columbus Perspective. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited. Tell me a little bit about the OSU Special Olympics Club. What is it that you do? on campus and off. Yeah, so Special Olympics, um, obviously we work very closely with Special Olympics Ohio. We do lots of fundraisers on campus. Um, last last year we did a sticker sale on the Oval just to try and raise some funds to donate. Um, we also are currently working very closely with the Young Athletes Program um, with Columbus City Schools. And that's every Thursday we go over to Dominion Middle School and we work with children of all abilities, um, age two to seven. Um, and that's just because you have to be eight years old to participate in Special Olympics. So it's a super fun time. Everybody loves doing it. Uh, we really just, it's like a field day for little kids. And we just run around and play with, you know, little five and seven year olds. <laughs> What's wrong with that? That sounds like a lot of fun. I think we could all use a break like that in our weeks. Yep. <laughs> Special Olympics, of course, has existed for more than 50 years. It was founded by Eunice Kennedy Shriver to provide sports competition opportunities for people with intellectual disabilities. More than 20,000 Special Olympics athletes participate here in Ohio, and they have the opportunity to not only participate in their communities or at the state level, but even at the national and international level. It's an amazing program with any sport you might imagine, and it really is a very competitive kind of environment for these athletes. Riley, what was it that attracted you to volunteering with Special Olympics? Well, honestly, I've been uh, participating in the Columbus Polar Plunge um, that Special Olympics Ohio hosts for about... I would say probably nine years now. I've been doing it since since it was at the Columbus Zoo. So if that tells you anything, that was a while ago. They've switched they switched locations like three times, I think. But um, my my dad has been doing it for I think I think next year will be his sixteenth year. Um, so he really got me into it, um, and it's it's just been super fun. It's a great organization to support. Um, I love their their goal of inclusive of inclusivity, um, and yeah, it's just a super fun time. The polar plunge is what Riley mentioned, and that is the point of today's conversation. As you may know, throughout the winter months, Special Olympics all over the world, Special Olympics programs, I should say, put on these events where you are encouraged to jump into very cold water either a swimming pool or run into a lake or pond or or a river and do some freezing for a reason. That is, I believe, their official terminology for it, to raise money and support and to raise awareness for the athletes of Special Olympics Ohio. This year, an inaugural event is happening on the Ohio State campus, thanks to Riley and her cohorts in the OSU Special Olympics Club, in addition to the Buckeye Buddies organization and the OSU fraternity chapter Phi Sigma Kappa. They have teamed up to put on a polar plunge to kick off Beat Michigan Week. Riley, tell us more about this event that you have planned. Yeah, we are so, so excited for this event. So it's going to start at 10.30 a.m. 
Um, we encourage everybody to register beforehand on our website. Uh, but if you need to, when you show up, you can, you know, show up, put down your name and give us 50 bucks for your registration fee um, or for, you know, a contribution. Um, and when you, once you register, you're guaranteed a towel that'll be branded with um, Ohio State and Special Olympics stuff on it. And then if you raise up to $250, you'll also get a super comfy crew neck. And what college student doesn't love a free crew neck? Um, and it'll have a really cool design for the event. Um, so it'll start start at 1030. You can show up, start, start getting your wristbands, getting in line. Um, and then jumping into the actual pool will start um, at around 1130. And the actual event will be held on the Lincoln Tower Park basketball courts um, on campus by, if you're familiar with campus, I'm sure you know about Lincoln and Morrill, those two towers. Um, so it's it's kind of in that area in between the shoe um, and then also the RPAC, the big gym on campus. So we'll be jumping there. There'll be music. Um, sheets will also be there. They're going to be donating some hot chocolate to keep everybody warm. And then also there's delicious chocolate chip cookies that everybody loves. So yeah, it's going to be just a big party celebrating all of our fundraising efforts. Um, and we could not be more excited to to have it for the first year. More of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Betting happens as fast as sports. And now every play is faster than ever before. You're on the edge of your seat until the moment when it's all on the line. Which is why it's important to pause before you play. Sports are fast. Betting shouldn't be. So remember to set limits, know the risks, and pause before you play. To learn more, visit pausebeforeyouplay.org. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. It's Medicare open enrollment time. Join the Ohio Senior Health Insurance Information Program at a Medicare open enrollment event near you or sign up for a virtual event on our website. Learn about Medicare open enrollment, financial assistance programs, and important deadlines. Everyone on Medicare should review their health and drug plan options annually. To sign up for an event or for more information, call 1-800-686-1578 or visit insurance.ohio.gov. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA certified arborist near you by going to treesforohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. 
Network. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. Our one affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. Ohio's sports destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. For more on the upcoming Polar Plunge, let's go back to our colleague, Kate Burdett. Sunday, November 19th, that is the Sunday that kicks off the week of one of the biggest rivalries I personally have ever witnessed. And if you have ever been in or around Columbus, specifically on game day, you know what the intensity of this rivalry is like. What better way for a Buckeye football fan to show their support of the team and to actually support a really fantastic cause here in Ohio. Now, Riley, correct me if I'm wrong, but is there also kind of a fundraising rivalry going on between Ohio State University and the University of Michigan? Absolutely. And that is the best part, in my opinion. So we're going to beat them not only on the field, but in the fundraising battle. Um, so they will be hosting their Polar Plunge same day, same time. They'll be starting their jump at the same time. Uh, obviously, different campuses. Um, but it's it's a really uh, well-coordinated effort to we're You know, we're both raising funds. Um, they're raising funds for Special Olympics of Michigan, and we're raising funds for Special Olympics Ohio. Um, and we are we're super excited to turn this event. Um, and make it, you know, another friendly battle, another friendly, friendly form of rivalry uh, between the two campuses. I cannot think of a better way to compete and I cannot think of better football fans than Ohio State football fans to win that challenge. Now, I know for many years for Ohio State students and maybe there are some alumni listening who think back to Michigan Week, there was a longstanding tradition of students jumping into something Um, for various reasons. There is no longer a lake on campus to do that. So, again, what a great opportunity to show that spirit for your Buckeye football team than to participate in this polar plunge and then really raise some money for a great cause. Uh, Riley, where can we find more information about this online? Um, so there is a website, the 2023 OSU versus TTUN Polar Plunge. Uh, that's the official name of the event. Uh, and you can go on there and you can register to... Um, create your own team or you can join a team. Um, and then from there, you can just share out your link to family and friends and ask for donations. Um, every, every amount counts, even if it's literally just $3, it's all going to, to the same place. Um, and it's gonna, it's gonna help out no matter what. So we encourage you, especially if you're an OSU student, um, or part of an OSU club on campus, if you're a graduate, undergrad, um, create a team, show your school spirit, show up and, you know, help us celebrate. And is registration restricted to just students or can anyone listening right now sign up and become involved? Um, we do ask that OSU students uh, 
uh, sign up and create their teams. However, I mean, the more the merrier. We were definitely welcome to, if any alumni organizations want to create a team, um, come out and freeze for a reason with us. <laughs> I love it. And that, from personal experience, I can say that online fundraising portal is really easy to use, super social media friendly, and you would not believe how quickly the donations add up when you when you share that on your social channels. It really is a, a quick and easy way to raise money. Again, this is happening Sunday, November 19th at Ohio State University, right by those matching dorm towers, Morrill and Lincoln, on the Lincoln basketball courts. 11 a.m. is when all the fun kicks off, and you can go to the uh, Special Olympics Ohio website also to be linked to the registration website for the inaugural Ohio State versus that team up north, Polar Plunge. <laughs> <laughs> Riley Logan, I know you are a Polar Plunge veteran, as you mentioned. <laughs> to finish us up today, can you offer any wise words of advice to anyone that says, I have never done a Polar Plunge, I would love to try it, but I need some advice. What's the best advice you'd give to a first-time plunger? The best advice I can give is don't think, just jump. <laughs> it's it's super fun. And I mean, afterwards, you, you kind of don't feel anything because you're so cold. So you just run, you go change. And afterwards, you just, you know, you keep partying. You keep celebrating. You listen, you know, there's music. There might be um, some food trucks that we can get to pull up. So it's really just an overall good time. Um, and it's it's worth it to be cold for a little, a little bit. <laughs> Absolutely. The Ohio State versus TTUN. Polar Plunge, Sunday, the 19th of November, all to benefit Special Olympics Ohio. Riley Logan, president of the Ohio State University Special Olympics Club, thank you so much for your time, and we look forward to freezing for a reason with you. Of course, thank you. More of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Some coaches were born on third base. Other coaches reached on an error, got on second on a balk, third on a wild pitch and scored on a fielder's choice, then acted like he hit a homer. But this is only a metaphor. The fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. Now let's check in on Cleveland. Eric Reeser joins us from the Ohio News Network. Jeff Ellis is my guest. He's the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast. Download, subscribe, and listen to the Locked On Guardians podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Jeff, earlier this week, the Cleveland Guardians named Stephen Vogt the 45th manager in franchise history. What did you make of the hire, and why do you think Cleveland went with Vogt as the guy to replace Terry Francona? It, it felt as, you know, the full, what, report 45 candidate pool. Uh, I think we ended up hearing 5 to 8 names in there and, and thought uh but it was very interesting because you know, he's only been a one-year coach he, he was playing two years ago uh but he is someone they really liked uh one of those things all, all the stories are about like oh he does you know he the chris farley impression he's someone who uh you know just teammates loved and when you think back to terry francona that was probably what he did best was he, he was loved by his players. He had a clubhouse that was a very positive environment and uh, a trusted environment. And he was also the one when things went wrong, it always seemed like all of a sudden Terry would like chip a tooth or do something and take the attention from maybe a struggling player and place it on himself. And I think they see some of that um, with when, when you bring in, you know, Stephen, uh, because of just, that's how he's always been known. 
he's been known as that guy who was almost he, he was the go between between coaches and players, and just well loved by players and fans and coaches. His last few years were kind of fascinating because he knew he wanted to be a manager. So he sat there under Bob Melvin, who was who Craig Council learned under, and then he went to Milwaukee and spent time, you know, knowing that these were like. Yes, he was still a player, but they were internships as well, in a way, and a chance to learn from these people. So he learned from from Bob Melvin. He learned from Greg Council. He learned from Bruce Bochy. Uh, you can even go back to, to names before that, but he was always a sponge. He always knew this is where he wanted to get to eventually. And it's very clear that if Council hadn't come available, you know, it's a, a weird situation where a, you know, a top five, top ten manager was out there, and they took their shot. But it seemed pretty early that uh, the vote was the guy that they wanted, that he was, that he just interviewed well. And I think it is a holistic approach. Like if you went and added Craig Council, he's going to want to bring his own coaching staff in. I think a lot of ways it's going to be front office and um, with vote working together about like who is going to stay, what staff members, thoughts. It's more of a, a team approach to managing with him while having that person who is very good in terms of, of players and interaction. And, I mean, here's a guy who on his last major league career uh, day in the big leagues was was catching bullpen for the team, like just that, that type of guy through and through. You mentioned Craig Council. Did the Guardians ever have a legitimate shot at landing him? I don't think they did, and it just comes down to proximity. If the Cubs were going to offer that contract, uh, then Cleveland didn't have a chance. Living in Milwaukee on a good day, you know, you can get to Chicago in – 40 minutes, depending where you want to, maybe an hour from more of the north side where, where he lives. But it's a quick relative commute compared to anywhere else. And I don't think Cleveland was going to offer $40 million a year. That's, that's a huge contract, or $40 million a year. What, $40 million over uh, five years, $8 million per year. Uh, that, that's, and it'd be hard for Cleveland also just to, to do that when you know that would make him like the third highest per, paid person on the team, or you know, at least top five. So I, I think... You know, they had, took that chance. They talked with him. I think everyone knew that apparently a year ago, Terry Francona was the highest paid manager in baseball and Cleveland was paying him that. So it made sense. Um, it, it also helped, you know, that they're at least a relative Midwest team. Uh, you hear reports from the Mets that sounded like they kind of knew that he did not have interest in going that far afield. So Cleveland was probably the, the extreme of distance he was willing to go. But if Chicago comes off, uh, offering and offering that high of an amount, I don't think Cleveland really had a, a legitimate chance. All right, so you talk about Council taking the Cubs gig uh, over a return to Milwaukee or even New York or Cleveland, places that he had been linked to. What's the reaction been like around the league and then in Milwaukee for Council staying in the division but going to Chicago? So some little bits of ground on me is I live in Milwaukee, and my, my first apartment here was right by Craig Council Field. Uh, which was vandalized after he signed that contract. And it's a little league field as well that was vandalized. Um, I am not far from his home district where his family lives and his sons played. And I, the minute the signing occurred, I kind of said, this is going to be a little bit like when LeBron went to Miami just because of this is a favored son who is incredibly accomplished, who the team was willing to pay a lot of money. And in this case, it's, while it's not a player, it is a manager going to a, a rival and uh, just talking to people in and around the area, the feeling of it, Craig council went from one of their favorite to one of their least favorite baseball people very quickly. Uh, 
because it was almost a feeling like anywhere but the division. Like if you gone to the White Sox, that would have been fine. But going in division, uh, it has been he, he's gone from hero to villain very quickly. Jeff Ellis, my guest, he's the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast. Download, subscribe, listen to the Locked On Guardians podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. All right, back to the Guardians, and we've talked about the stellar season for rookie righty Tanner Bybee, and he's one of three up for rookie of the year. Jeff, why do you think he should win that award? If you go through and again crunch numbers with him, uh, he had the greatest pitcher season by a Cleveland Guardians rookie pitcher slash Indians. Since either Herb Score or Charles Nagy, that's pretty elite company. Charles Nagy being, you know, arguably the most successful pitcher this team had in the '90s, and Herb Score being one of the great "what if" cases in baseball history. Uh, it was I, I I was driving, you know, the Bybee bus a year ago. I was the, I believe the first person to rank up number one in the system, and in spite of that, he still overperformed anything I thought he could do. It was just it was a year for the ages. Gonna be hard to beat Gunnar Henderson. But I think he is at least going to be second, which is great for him because that means he gets a full year of service time. He'll basically count like he was up from day one instead of uh, when he got called up. So not necessarily great for the Guardians, but for him, uh, hopefully Cleveland will be talking to Tanner very quickly about an extension, and then none of that will matter. He is Jeff Ellis, the host of the Locked On Guardians podcast. Again, download, subscribe, listen to the Locked On Guardians podcast wherever it is you do your podcasting. Jeff, thanks so much for the time today. I look forward to continuing our conversation down the road, especially as one of the more active off-seasons in sports is baseball's off-season. And I look forward to talking more of it with you. Oh, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to you after some of the big moves start happening with the team. Thanks, Eric. Up next, we head south here in the Buckeye State. Paul Keels checks in on Cincinnati right here on the Ohio News Network. Jim Harbaugh, family man, milk drinker, student advocate, Big Ten coach of the year, pro bowler, nose picker, socially awkward, whiner, cheating ass cheater. In case you needed a reminder, we're your home of the Buckeyes, the fan. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Now let's go to our own Paul Keels for more on the Ohio News Network. Glenn, first off, if you can recall what it was like coming from New Jersey to play for Woody Hayes as a young man coming to Ohio State. Well, it it seems like, uh, you know, yesterday, and uh, I still remember the uh, getting recruited by, you know, Coach Hayes and him coming to my home, and uh, he was a great recruiter. As you know, I never talked about football, but... uh, he wasn't afraid to ask for the sale, but I still remember as an 18-year-old freshman coming to first team meeting and sitting in the back of the room, and Coach Hayes walked in, and and I mean this uh, with all respect, but, you know, he looked like an old man. He probably was about 54 years old, but with the gray hair and the glasses and everything, and I, I sat in the back of the room, and, I, and uh, as he started talking, going over a couple of things, I thought to myself, what the heck did I get myself into here? I'll bet. At any point in time during that, Glenn, did the coaching bug start to occur in your mind? Well, you know, Paul, I always wanted to uh, to be a coach. It went back to when I was growing up uh, in New Jersey. When I was in junior high school, uh, there was two coaches, uh, Coach Osborne and Coach Kovacs, and they were the phys ed teachers, and they literally ran the school. Um, they had total respect of everybody in the school. You know, they coached everything that Osborne was the football coach. Kovacs was the assistant. Then basketball season, they switched roles. And during the springtime, Osborne was the baseball coach. Kovacs was the track coach. 
but I just watched them, uh, not just with the athletes, but I'm talking about the whole school. We, we really had some uh, different characters, let me just put it that way. <laughs> uh, but these guys commanded the respect of the whole school, and at that early age, I said, you know what, I want to be just like them. And that was my goal. I wanted to graduate from Ohio State and go back to New Jersey and be a high school football coach. But Dave McLean, who was my had been my assistant, uh, my position coach, uh, got the head job at Ball State and convinced me to go over there to be a graduate assistant, assistant with him. And then I, I went the college route. What comes to your mind when you think about coaching back at Ohio State under Earl Bruce, Glenn? Well, you know, I uh, I had the opportunity uh, to coach at Ohio State with Coach Bruce, and I also had the opportunity to coach with him at Iowa State. And of course, he was an assistant coach when I was a player there. Uh, I've got a great affection for him, and you know, uh, Earl hired me uh, um, from Ball State. Uh, back then, they had uh, economic problems, and there were coach position cutbacks, and uh, I really lost my job over economic reasons at Ball State. And, Earl hired me at Iowa State, and then we had success there. We just didn't make very much money, and I got offered a position uh, at um, uh, Illinois when Gary Moeller, a high state guy from Michigan, got the job, and he offered me eighteen thousand dollars. I was making eleven at Iowa State, and I just couldn't turn it down. I didn't want to leave, but I had to financially had to go, and uh, so I went there, and uh, and then after you know two years. Uh, uh, Coach Aide called me up and hired me at Ohio State. I tell this story all the time. I was on a job about two weeks, and uh, Coach Aide walked in my office, and he said, hey, we never talked about what we're going to pay you. And I said, yeah. And he said, what should I pay you? And, you know, I was intimidated by Coach Hayes, and I, I said, whatever you think is fair. And he sat down, and he said, fair, huh? I said, yeah. He said, what were they paying you at Illinois? I said, $18,000. He said, $18,000. He said, "Good, we'll pay you seventeen. So I took a thousand dollar pay cut to leave Illinois to go to Ohio State. But then, when Coach Hayes got relieved of his duties, uh, Earl got the job and he hired me back. And you know, I, uh, you know, I'll never forget that because obviously, without him doing it, he, he could have said, hey, you left me once. I'm not going to hire you again.' Uh, but then I worked for him. And one thing about Earl, anybody that worked for Earl, you talk about an honest guy as days long, always had the well being of the players." Uh, first and foremost, and I, he would pack his lunch and come to work every day, and he loved Ohio State, and he was a good, sound, fundamental football coach. Let's fast forward to the year 2000, Glenn. You're coaching at the University of Minnesota. You bring your Gophers to Columbus, and Ron Johnson has a big day, and Minnesota gets their first win since the late 40s in Columbus. What do you recall about that day? <laughs> well, I remember that like yesterday, and you know, <laughs> Uh, the Gophers hadn't won in Columbus since 1949. Heck, Paul, I wasn't even born in 1949. You know, uh, but it was just an absolutely gorgeous day, and the, obviously the Buckeyes had a good team. And you know, we had a we probably had an underrated team. Uh, we had the right pieces in place. We we're you know, making progress, uh, but everything you know for us to, to uh, be successful in Ohio Stadium on that day against the Buckeyes. We had to play good offensively, defensively in the kicking game, and that's you know what we did. We played good defense. We made some good plays, uh, calculated plays, and some blitzes worked. On offense, uh, Ron Johnson had just a, a banner day. We had a 
a transfer or junior college transfer, Travis Cole was our quarterback, and by far he had his best day as a gopher, and I'm including practice and everything. <laughs> uh, and then we had a, a wide receiver by Jermaine May, by the name of Jermaine Mays from uh, of Miami, Florida, and he came up to me on the sideline. He grabbed me. He said, "Coach, you got to call the pump block. You got to call it." He says, "I'll get it. I'm telling you, I'll get it." And I said, Jermaine, I'm going to call it, but if you rough that punter, I'll kill you. He said, Coach, I'm not going to block it. I'm going to block it, and I'm going to score a touchdown. And that's exactly what he did. Yep, absolutely. That's our Paul Keels with former Buckeye player and assistant coach and Minnesota head coach Glenn Mason. More of the Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue here on the Ohio News Network. Do you or any of your family members, neighbors, or friends own a property that you just want to be done with it? If so, call TurboTrack Realty today for an all-cash offer at 614-470-2000. 614-470-2000. Would it be convenient for you to take what you wanted and leave the rest behind? Great, I'll buy it. Call 614-470-2000. That's 614-470-2000. Ohio has over 920,000 diabetics. If you are a diabetic, take a step in the right direction by having your feet checked routinely by a podiatric physician, the most qualified doctors to care for your feet. Adding a podiatrist to your healthcare team can help you better manage the effects of diabetes on your feet. Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association podiatric physicians are located throughout the state. For more information or to find a member of the Ohio Foot and Ankle Medical Association near you, visit associationsadvanceohio.com. I don't know what I want to do. I'm just not sure that college is right for me. Have you considered a career in dental assisting? I love my job as a dental assistant. I have flexible work hours, the money is good, and I get to work in a professional, people-oriented dental office. What I really love about my job is knowing that I give people a healthy smile. For more information about becoming a dental assistant, contact your high school guidance counselor. Or if you are no longer in school, talk to a dentist in your community or visit ODA.org. This message is brought to you by the members of the Ohio Dental Association. It's Medicare open enrollment time. Join the Ohio Senior Health Insurance Information Program at a Medicare open enrollment event near you or sign up for a virtual event on our website. Learn about Medicare open enrollment, financial assistance programs, and important deadlines. Everyone on Medicare should review their health and drug plan options annually. To sign up for an event or for more information, call 1-800-686-1578 or visit insurance.ohio.gov. November is an ideal month to plant trees in Ohio because the soil is still warm, which reduces the transplant stress. Plus, trees require less water in November than in the heat of the summer, allowing roots to grow in the cooler temperatures. When planting trees, keep these tips in mind. Select trees that are zone hardy for where you plan to plant. Avoid planting trees that produce slip hazards like fruits and nuts close to sidewalks. And don't plant large trees near or under utility lines. To learn more about the November tree planting, contact an ISA certified arborist near you by going to trees4ohio.org. That's trees4ohio.org. The ONN Daily Podcast. Get a recap of all the day's news from across the state. ONN affiliate WBNS-TV in Columbus has more. Haley Kirby reporting in downtown Toledo. From the State House. Kevin Landers. ONN Canton. ONN affiliate WKYC-TV in Cleveland explains. In Marietta, Brett Wharf, ONN News. Emma Henderson in Genoa. The ONN Daily Podcast. Listen at onnradio.com or wherever you download your favorite podcasts from the Ohio News Network. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. 
Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. Welcome back to the Ohio Sports Magazine. It's the ultimate Cleveland sports show. And let's check in with our producer, Colin Berenger. Thanks, Matt. This week on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, the guys get ready for the big AFC North battle between the Browns and the Ravens. And the guys discuss whether the Browns running game can get going against the strong Ravens defense. Guys, we mentioned this earlier in the show a tiny bit. But the Ravens run defense is pretty good. The Browns running attack ranks top five in the league in rushing yards per game. Do you think the Browns will be able to have sustained, sustained success on the ground versus Baltimore on Sunday? Yes or no? I don't. No, I don't either. I have, don't have confidence in that. I, I hear what Leroy was saying, but I don't know that I agree with him in terms of I don't think that they run the ball successfully. I, I just when you're when you when you are barely getting three yards of carry, three and a half yards of carry, that's not a good run game as far as I'm concerned. I don't think they have you can do it by committee, but if you if you need third and four who are you giving it to? I think you have to throw it in that, do you not? I like, think his answer was right, though. Like, I, I do think Kareem Hunt is the guy that I know you say he's got three deals. Yeah. But he runs hard and he gets right. those hard I wanna, yards. I want to short this. yardage situations. Uh, are you oh, going to no, backpedal? No, yeah. I'm not backpedaling okay. at all. Okay. But like, the whole I run's like, oh, you think he's got three wheels? Yeah, because if he had four wheels, he'd be the feature back. And he'd be getting 20, 22 carries a game, and he'd be getting 85, 90 yards a well, game. It just sounds so harsh. What, it, but, when uh, I picture I a cart going down the road with three wheels, <laughs> change the wording. It's scraping, the wording. and there's, there's sparks I coming out. Saying. Here's the whole thing, point I was trying now, to make. Give him three tires and one that needs air. <laughs> Can Here's we do the that? Whole the fourth point. one's a donut. <laughs> yeah, he's got a donut. The whole, That's his new nickname. The whole, the whole reason I said it in the first place was because everyone was like, oh my God, Kareem's back. I'm like, guys, this isn't the it Kareem It just sounds so harsh when you said it. But but is it wrong? Am I wrong? Well, no. I'll, I'll tell Listen, you this. It's not wrong. Who picked up the most important single yard in this season so far? Kareem Hunt at the and goal. In those no situation. Yes. I mean, in third and four, you're going to throw the ball. Yeah, right? third and Especially four. I might Watson. be a little nervous on Listen, third and four. If it's third and two, I want to give the ball to Kareem. He's the guy I want in short yardage situations. I agree with that. But yeah. this, I, but my whole point was. But he's like, not a lead back anymore. No, no. no. That's and that's fair. That's yeah. fine. That's the only but point I was making. Three wheels was, it, to me. Yeah. That brings a mental image of sparks coming <laughs> off from the axle. But that's kind of what he is. No, because you <laughs> can't get you one or two yards. A car yards. with three wheels is done. It's it, pulling I, off. It'll it, get you. It, it'll it, get you. You can go two yards. We should. I should have said this. <laughs> I, I should have said this when Leroy was here. But Leroy once said something, was once quoted as saying, and it's true, yeah, and it applies to Kareem Hunt. If you need one yard, I'll get you three yards. If you need six yards, I'll get you three yards. Yes. That's Kareem Hunt That right is now. Kareem Hunt right He's now. He's Kareem Hunt. He's averaging 3.3 yards that's a carry. It. It's and, serviceable. And it's I not tra- great. And that's, that's the point I was trying to make. Like, Kareem. He fills a role, yes, but when he came back, everyone was like, oh, my God, this is yeah. great. Kareem's yeah. back. I'm like, guys, this isn't He's the Kareem that you remember. He's not Kansas City rookie no. If Kareem he were that Hunt. good, he wouldn't have been on the free agent That's market. Exact. And yes. if he were that good, he, he, has would, a role. he would get 22 carries a game, and he'd have 85 yards, 90 yards, 100 yards a game. If he, w- if he still was Kareem of old, right. they would use him as such. Right. That's but I the think, only point I was making. I think that... Um, I, again, I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but I'd really like to Pierre to see Pierre Strong. I would get too. More I'm with you on that. Yeah, I, I think he's been better than Ford. I've seen enough of Jerome Ford, and it's yeah. disappointing to say yeah, because I too. really had high hopes. I, I for him. had high hopes for him as well. I thought he was going to be a tremendous back. I want to see. I, I'm with you. I want to see what Pierre Strong can do when he is the yeah. feature back for one game. What? Because well, what's he averaging? Ten yards a carry for his career. 
Well, he was coming into this, but, but not anymore. But he's still... Even I mean, this year, he's averaging four and a half yards a carry. I mean, that's that's pretty good. Listen, those numbers, they look like... that. Those numbers right there look like the numbers for the Ohio State feature back in a Michigan game. Right. 34 carries, 152 yards. I'll take those numbers. So if you can extrapolate those out and you can get four and a half... Guys, if you get four and a half yards a carry, you're moving the sticks all day long. I would... I, I The way they... Divvied up the carries last week with Ford and Hunt. Yeah. I'd do the same thing except give Strong the Hunt the uh, Ford the, carries. The Ford carries. I'd and be, that's what I would do. I'd but be all for I, that. He doesn't seem to be inclined to do that. To catch the full breakdown, just search the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show on YouTube, subscribe to their page, and enjoy daily content covering all things Cleveland sports. We'll be back to wrap up this week's Ohio Sports Magazine when we continue on the Ohio News Network. Bobby Carpenter once sold workout equipment on QVC Canada. There's no joke here. That actually happened. Morning Juice with Bobby and Beamer. Weekday starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio Sports Destination. Now back to Ohio Sports Magazine on the Ohio News Network. Once again, here's Matt Andrews. That'll put a wrap on this week's Ohio Sports Magazine. Our thanks to all of our guests, as well as our Locked On contributions this week. Now for Paul Keels, Eric Reeser, Colin Berenger, Neil Sika, Kate Burdett, and Glenn Mason, I'm Matt Andrews. We'll have another show for you next week right here on the Ohio News Network. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM HD2.